0: Welcome to Peppershock Media's Marketing Expedition Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in marketing and advertising. Now, here's your host, Ray Allen.
1: Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen, President and CEO of Peppershock Media and the founder of themarketingexpedition.com. And today, we have Stuart Interline with us from the Favey Wealth Management. Welcome, Stuart.
0: Hi, Ray. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, let's just tell our listeners a little more about who Stuart Interline is. Let's start with your journey. You're
0: going to make me work, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm originally from Erie, Pennsylvania. Erie is, is a small town in Pennsylvania, that, and it's the, the piece of the state that just kind of juts out and, and touches Lake Erie. Um, so that's where I was born and raised. Um, I went. Would to that school. be cold?
1: Is it a pretty cold place there? It gets cold.
0: Yeah, yeah. In the winter, it's uh, it can be brutal for sure, <laughs> um, and hot and humid in the summer. So, we definitely have all four seasons in Erie. Uh, yeah. So I, I was I was born and raised in in Erie and went to school at Penn State. I actually um, earned a, a triple major there in finance, economics, and accounting, and it's something that I I, I, I do not recommend that anyone <laughs> pursues. But <laughs> I
1: um, think I'll, I think I can uh, trust the, your judgment on that one. <laughs> right,
0: right. Well, see, my mom worked. My mom worked for the university, and so I, I had a seventy-five percent discount on tuition. Nice. Um, and I've I've kind of felt that you know in, in the earlier years of my life, I really want to spend a lot of time really learning everything I can. And so that was kind of my philosophy then. But, but again, I think I was probably wrong and uh, don't recommend it for, for anyone. I ended up in Salt Lake, actually, currently, you know, Lefebvre Wealth Management is, is based in Salt Lake City, Utah. I came out here uh, right out of school. Actually, the, the founder and our president, Bruce LaFavey, he is married to my aunt. So um, I've known him for about 20 years, and, and he kind of recruited me pretty heavily out of school to, to come out and, and help him with the operation out here. Yeah, I mean, that's how I, that's how I ended up out here, and uh, I've been out here for three years. I, I really enjoy it. I, I, I love what we're doing with the company, and, uh, you know, Salt Lake City, Utah is is a very easy place to live. It's easy to get around. It's, uh, it's, it's very affordable. Uh, the people are friendly, and you've got a great mix of You know somewhat of a city life and and definitely you have the mountains you've got that whole um, mountain life and uh, skiing and camping and all that fun stuff so
1: right um, you went from from hills and lakes to mountains and rocks and beauty that's surrounding salt lake city yeah
0: exactly yeah, yeah i went from uh from from a lot of green and a very different climate to uh to really the desert this is where we're at now so that's kind of how I got got from there to here I, I don't know if I hit all of your questions there but
1: no, you did pretty good so let's uh, let's talk about Lafavy wealth management what is it that you do there and what makes Lafavy any different than the hundreds of uh, wealth management companies out there
0: first and foremost I'm, I'm a wealth advisor so I manage about a third of our clients in addition I, I'm I also act as a vice president um, so I really am in charge of, of the day-to-day operation and you know, work a lot on the overall strategy moving forward. I'm 27 years old, so I've I've really redefined kind of climbing the ladder, and I'm not boasting that that was definitely uh, quite a bit of luck, as as a lot of things in life are.
1: And you've learned a lot in a very short time frame. And but yet yeah. you've also modernized things and made it differently efficient, or as just kind of taking from the way things used to be to how they are now. And especially during a pandemic, and and and, and you know the work culture and, and environment that you're doing now, talk about that a little bit.
0: Well, I, I appreciate you giving me credit for that. I'm not I'm not sure that that's really the case. But you know we we've, we've got a great team here. You know we we've got a pretty new team, and we're all kind of rallying around the the same vision. It's definitely it's definitely a unique situation. Uh, we've we've been around for 40 years, so you know that that's something that we're we're definitely proud of. And there's um, some
1: namesake there. There's some branding in the name that that carries some weight that people know from right. the old to the new, right?
0: Absolutely. And it's probably helpful, I guess, to go back in um, time a little bit and and share a little bit of history here. So we were founded in 1980. That was Bruce Lefavey, the that founded the company. Shortly after he founded the company, you know, he started building a book, et cetera. And um, I'd say about 10 years after after we started. So around 1990, he, he started to appear on different radio shows. So kind of as a, as a guest, as an expert, he was 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 quite good at it. He's a talented guy for sure. And uh, and basically, as things kind of moved forward, he he ended up starting his own radio show. Um, and it was every Saturday. It was a nationally syndicated show. Really, he just he just provided people with with some financial uh, financial guidance over the radio. You know it was a, it was a show where where listeners could call in and ask questions. so it was it was very real. And so that's a big part of of where we're where we are now. I mean, Bruce really did single handedly build this company from zero dollars in assets to three hundred you know three million dollars in assets. So right. we we talk we... about
1: building brands and bottom lines. He certainly was able to do that with his name and being able to show his expertise on the radio, uh, which now we're doing as a podcast. Right, things have changed, but uh... <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly you know with with Bruce it really was about that brand and and people were really drawn to to Bruce as the the personality it was someone that, that people really trusted fast forward to uh, 2020 or i guess let's think about a, a more pleasant time, so really 2018. Um, yeah, we can party like
1: it's tw- 20, 2018, 2019. 2018
0: <laughs> was a great year, you yeah, know, but yeah, so, so in 2018, that was really where, where Bruce kind of asked me to play a bigger part in the overall management of the company, and, and
1: just kind of take you know, the Bruce, reins, but yet, not quite yet, but just, you know, ease into it, right?
0: Exactly, yeah, and, and I skipped something. Br- Bruce is, of course, no longer on the radio, so that was about 2014 ish that that you know he kind of after roughly 30 years on the radio you know he's moving more towards retirement it's obviously a lot of work to prepare for a live radio show you know this is kind of lafabi post radio in a way and so we we had to you know i don't want to say reinvent ourselves but we, we had to make we had to make a lot of changes pretty quickly and uh' we'll, we'll continue to do so we' we are you know a, a long ways away from from being where we want to be several years but
1: that's part of the journey and getting there and, and continuing to build the brand off of the equity that you had previously brand equity that is and now really shape, taking shape and form into the future
0: At the end of the day people people just want to want to be with someone they trust and so we think that moving forward really our, our best source of, of growth, other than, than, of course, having having you guys over at Pepper Shock, will be just taking great care of our current clients, right? Referrals. Okay. People aren't going to necessarily walk in the door and, and give us $100,000 to manage because they drove past the billboard. But right. but they might because because their brother-in-law, um, you know, or their father-in-law, or what what have you, you know, a church member, et cetera, um, is a client of Fabian and is a raving fan of, mm-hmm. of what we do. And, and so... We really—it's—it's it, kind of really simplified things for us, honestly. It, it's not too too difficult when you really just focus on what you're doing, focus on consistently providing a, a great service to our clients, and, and providing a lot of value for for the fee that we charge. When you do that, um, it kind of kind of simplifies things. You know, you can kind of uh, almost have tunnel vision into that into that goal of of really just improving the operation um, and and making sure that that we're we're providing a, a great product that, that people love.
1: Yeah. And talking about pricing and fees and structure, you've changed how that has looked from the past and, and now you're really just doing flat fees, right? Tell me more. Like, How is this helping you and how has this kind of changed how things have been done in business in your world?
0: You know, again, the, the industry's evolved um, quite a bit and, and for the better. You know, in 1980 or, or, or prior to that, even, you know, the way that, that investment management worked is you had some stranger from from New York give you a cold call, right? And say, hey, Ray, I've, I've got a stock for you. You know, yeah. I've, I've got I've got this great stock for you. It's this, it's this new company and they're doing revolutionary things. And, you know, really, you should, you should put some money into that, you know.
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: You know, they'd pitch you on, on on buying the stock and they would make a commission off of that.
1: Right. And that's just right.
0: how, you know, that's just how, how it worked. Fast forward into the future a bit and the, the asset management fee was introduced, which is, you know, a flat percentage fee on on the assets that, that your advisor or broker manages. You know, in my opinion, and of course I'm biased, but in my opinion, that's that's a much better you know, situation for the client. Right. Um, we have an incentive to not, not only keep you here and keep you happy, we, we know you have other options. So we have not only that incentive, but we have the incentive to to protect and, and grow your 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 wealth, right? Your account, your portfolio, whatever that looks like. First is the, the commissional the commissionable side where some brokers at least may just just want to make the sale and move on. You know, it's, it's really just the way the industry was structured and it's taken, it's taken some time for, I think, the, the entire industry to catch up. And, and what I mean by that is you know, there, there were, you know, even as, as early as, as 2017, 2018, you know, still to this day, there's there are certain providers of, of investments, of assets that only operate under a, a commissionable structure. We wanna be able to offer our clients essentially anything right? We, we want to be able to comb through the universe of investments to find the best product for that, for that client and that portfolio and, and et cetera. And so
1: and you're not uh, just tied to one specific suite of, of products. You can, you have the ability to truly look out for the best interest of your client because now you can truly pick from any of those that are out there rather than just having to be siloed in one specific, you know, type of, of investment, right? So you can really look out for them and, and make sure that what you're doing is is what their needs are, right?
0: Exactly. I mean, we've had some, some great guys here advising clients over the years, no doubt. And, and I think that everyone was was very much long-term focused in the sense that, you know, this is a relationship. We'll need to take great care of these people and, and ensure that they're invested appropriately. You know, however, I, I came in and for me, you know, my, my my real passion is is truly economics. The way I explain that is it, it's the study of incentives. It's not the study of money. Um, you know, it's not it's not really even business. It's the study of of, of incentives. And so, you know, people's the,
1: behavior and how they are going to act and what they what their needs are to to fulfill. And you're right, it's not always about money.
0: Right. If if you want to study how um different countries interact with each other different businesses interact with with their customers etc you have to know incentives on both sides people are are, you know one thing that we assume in economics which isn't always the case and boy 2020 is is definitely the year to show that that maybe people aren't always rational (laughs)
1: right yeah
0: yeah but that's that's what we assume in economics is that people are rational
1: actors and And hindsight hindsight is not always 2020 by the way
0: (laughs) not (laughs) this this year exactly exactly (laughs) You know, and I'm, I'm kind of going down this rabbit hole, but really the, you know, when I came in and knowing that there were certain products, there were certain instances where the the, the advisor, the, the representative here would, would earn a commission. I just thought, you know, even though I know we have great guys and, and, and really trustworthy worthy guys that have that have been doing this a long time, uh, a lot longer than, than I have, with that in the back of their head that, you know, they're being impacted whether they offer this product or that, mm-hmm. Um you know, that 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 subconsciously can can affect how you're building a portfolio.
1: Right. You're not even doing it on purpose. It's a subtle or just even you, you don't you don't know you're doing it, but you do it because you feel like it's the right thing to do, but maybe it's not always the right thing to do to, to act on a commission that you're gonna get rather than that flat fee, right?
0: Exactly. And and first and foremost, we want to be unbiased when it comes to managing a, a client's investment. That's that's the you know one of the number one things we don't want to choose a certain product over another because of, um, you know, because of the way we're, we're structured. We want to truly analyze the, the data and, and let the, the data speak for itself itself and, and really construct portfolios that way versus thinking about cost or revenue. And, and, and that goes, that goes much further than um, just commissions. That right. that right. That's a lot of different ways of uh, how the business can be structured. And, and I think we've, We've made some significant changes to ensure that, that really thinking about um, either revenue or cost doesn't come into the equation when we're, when we're taking care of a client's portfolio.
1: Give me, give me some success stories. What can I say, this is what Lefebvre Wealth has done for these people. Tell me.
0: I, I like to think that we, we do things differently as far as the services we provide. Really, at the end of the day, what we really provide clients with is, is security. And um, you know, I've heard heard over and over from from clients that really, you know, they, they don't they don't know what they would do without us, right? They they don't understand um, or or have the desire to manage their their wealth. Maybe they don't have have the time, but really, the, the people that we help are a lot of a lot of blue collar workers, um, a lot of um, blue collar folks that, you know have, have saved a tremendous amount of money and maybe they were in farming or, you know, construction or, or something, something of that nature. And this is their, their nest egg that they're trusting us with. This is everything they've saved. You know, that's something that's top of mind for, uh, you're the one
1: that's going to tell them when they can retire or not. Right. I mean, truly, I mean, yeah, there's a law about when you're supposed to retire, but you, you have to be able to tell them that information.
0: Right. Right. And so I'm, um, I, I, I promise I'm getting around to the uh, to the answer to your question here. No. <laughs> um, but you know I know that, that that they that that's exactly what they want. They want to really feel like they're safe and secure. And so it's one thing for an advisor to say, well, look, just trust me. You know I've I've got these fancy degrees and I've got this experience. And so you you just trust me. I've run the numbers. You're going to be just fine. That's one approach. And, and that's, I feel that's an approach that's uh, an approach that's often used in the industry because it's more cost effective. That's a, that's a three minute conversation. Right? Just
1: trust me, really.
0: Just trust really? me. Right? Just trust yeah. me. The way I'm wired is, is I want to really see and, and understand why I should trust you. Right. It's like trust, you know, trust, but verify. Right. And, and you have and to earn
1: it.
0: <laughs> right. And I don't, you know, I, I expect that our clients have, have that same standard. And so without them needing to ask, because most of them, you know, wouldn't ask us to do this, you know, we, we really proactively reach out to clients and, and, and really try to get them in for a financial planning session. This is what we, what we call it. And a lot of clients will say, no, I don't need that. You know, that's, that's not necessary, um, et cetera, et cetera. Financial planning can, can sometimes be a practice that's associated with, with bad things, with, you know. Trying to move more money over here. Let's look at your outside accounts. Um, with with trying to sell an insurance product, it's used a lot for that. We truly use it just so that we can, with the client, understand how everything is structured, what their whole financial situation looks like. You know, we use a software program that that essentially forecasts everything out. So we take everything we know today. We take the the best estimates on, on how those different parts and pieces are going to move in the future. We put that into the computer, let the computer do the work, and it really kind of shows us, here is the most likely scenario. Here is the least likely scenario. Doing that with a client is, is powerful for, for a few reasons. First and foremost, it, it really provides the client with a sense of security. Now, instead of saying, well, well just trust me, we've put all the facts in, we've we've used the, the best... evidence-based
1: best... to say, here's the evidence of what past performance has done and what we predict for the future to be, right? And so now it, you've got this model that can help them understand, right? Not just trust you, but now you can trust the verify.
0: Exactly, exactly. It's it's the verify stage. And yeah. so we're, we're using our best estimates that, that are available for how things will perform in the future. And of course, you know, 2020, as uncertain as a year as it, as it has been, it's no different from any year prior. We, we still can't predict the future. Right. right. In that sense, you know, it's the same as 2019 and 18, and every year before that. We're never going to be able to predict the future, but we're using the best estimates we can with the client, explaining those estimates, explaining why we're doing it the way we are, and what what happens in those meetings is is the client leaves feeling feeling very secure, very safe. They leave with a better understanding of how things are structured in their own personal situation, and that's everything from Taxes to inflation in the future to how the investments perform and and those things um, We typically spend two sometimes three hours with clients. It's however long they they want uh, To spend with us and, and really dig into their situation and so they leave with a better understanding of, of how Their financial world is, is structured and what they can expect in the future um, in addition We get to learn more about the client so we take their you know, we this, is a, uh, this process is, is a few steps long, but uh, in, initially we, we take all their base facts. We call them everything we know about them today. Then we're going to plug it into the model. We get to look at different scenarios, potential scenarios in the future. What happens if I have to go into long-term care? What does that look like? Uh, right. What happens if I buy you know this house over here and, and sell the house I'm living in? What happens if I sell my rental property? There's all kinds of scenarios that are unique to people. And we get to build those scenarios into the program and really get a, a really good understanding. Again, letting the computer do the work. Trust me, that's a that's a much better situation than you know me with a calculator and a you know piece of paper. Uh, the, what the you triple
1: major in, in all all <laughs> things financial and math and economics? <laughs> no, I get it though. I mean, computer models are great for that, huh?
0: <laughs> for sure. Yeah, the, the computer can look at all kinds of variables simultaneously. So. We get, we get an understanding there when, we, when we're analyzing and building out you know, building out the, the financial plan. And then when we actually go through that plan with the client in the conference room. We've got this big, beautiful smart board that, that we absolutely love. It's like 85 inches and touchscreen. In and so we get to really use that to present to the client what these things look like. And the clients, we were we really, it was remarkable. We were, we were pretty surprised, all of us, that, at how engaged the clients were what we found is that through these financial planning sessions really educating them really explaining how everything works they're, they're so engaged and they they ask these these brilliant questions and they really they really are, are learning it you know with us and then at the same time we're learning about them you know we're learning about what matters to them what different you know there's all kinds of variables and components of a financial plan and you might ask a client well what, what's your what are your what's your goal here what's what's the ultimate Outcome that you'd like to see, and the client might say, "Well, I, I really just want to grow this for my beneficiaries." And another client might say, "Well, you know, I want, you know, I want the the, the check to bounce uh, when the for the funeral home. You know, I want to spend every last penny." But when we're in the when we're in the conference room, uh, we're going through this together. You know, it, it's it's very telling if if a client is asking. Seven different questions about the money that their beneficiaries are going to receive and how that's going to be transferred and what are the taxes on that and what can I expect as growth, you know, if they ask six or seven questions on that, you know, it's, it's, it's it's just, it's obvious and apparent that that's a huge deal for them.
1: Right, right. Um, and so
0: we, we kind of get to learn about where the clients are.
1: And can get pretty emotional too. I can only imagine, right? I mean, you're, you're not only dealing with people's finances, but you're dealing with their emotions and their transition in life, right? I mean, that that's uh, that's pretty big to take on.
0: We're dealing with not even just their finances, but we're dealing with, again, every penny they've, they've saved over the years. They, they've worked their whole lives <laughs> to right. build- their wealth, right? And and we're just we're just helping them with that. They're the ones that have really earned that that money and and so, you know, it's it's very emotional. It's it's a lot more than just this is how much money I have in an account, you know, it's like everything I've saved and worked for over my whole life. And
1: so And they're putting that trust in you to make sure that you're doing what's going to be the best outcome and you're basically changing the trajectory of these people's outcomes based on those conversations that you have and what they might choose to save or not save or do or go or you know when they retire right
0: right we know that they have so many other alternatives and we understand the the level of trust they're, they're putting into us and we're not perfect but you know we can work every day to improve what we do how we do it and just try as hard as we can to give clients consistent excellent service we're grateful for each and every one of our clients and for that opportunity. That's awesome.
1: Let's talk a little bit about some of the marketing tactics that have seemed to be working for you. What have you seen that has helped you really build your brand and your bottom line with with some of the tactics and strategies that we're implementing with you?
0: Social media actually is is kind of top of mind there. I think that that one thing that we were definitely lacking before that that you all over at at Pepper Shock have, have really helped us with is, is our social media um, um, platforms and, and the marketing there. I -hmm. I can't believe that, that we have any growth there at all. Um, (laughs) Because, you know, it's, it's financial services, you know, it's wealth management. It's pretty, it's, it's the most boring thing on your Instagram feed.
1: You know <laughs> unless we can make it where it's it's truly impactful, right? I mean, there's well, and, definitely
0: <laughs> and that's what I'm saying is that you have really you, you've given us a personality on these on these social media platforms and we've seen uh, a tremendous amount of growth in, in followers and in um, you know interactions with with the posts and likes and all, all those good things. And that's going to be really important for you know the next generation millennials and, and, and those generations after, after them are going to be our clients, uh, hopefully. Right. So, you know, that's, that's going to be, I I feel like that's, that's a huge building block towards the future.
1: Let's talk about who is your ideal client. I mean, you've served Lefebvre's served many, many clients over the years and they're, you know, some of them are, I guess what we'd say maturing, but the the next generation, like you said, I mean, who is it that you want to serve most? Like if you were to paint a picture of your most ideal client, what would that look like?
0: I think that everyone can, can benefit from what we do. Our ideal client is someone who doesn't want, doesn't have any desire to manage their own money, which studies have shown that, that when you manage your own money, you know, the average return that those, those folks seek is much lower than having someone else manage your money. You know, right, because there's stuff.
1: so much emotion involved and, you know, and plus then are they experts at managing money? No. But are you? Yes. So it makes sense to hire that out to somebody who can do it better, right?
0: <laughs> right. I appreciate that, right? I mean, I do, but <laughs> To be honest, you 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 hit the nail on the head um, with with emotion. The, the fact of the matter is, when you're when you're managing your own money, you, you sometimes there's a tendency to make bad decisions when things get really rough. But but definitely, the ideal client is just someone who who has no desire to manage their own money. And, and there's a lot of people that that do uh, have you know have that desire to manage their own accounts. They say, well, what would I pay you one percent for if I can do it do it myself? Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, yeah. my, my grandfather was that way. Um, my grandfather, um, who you know I was very close with, you know, he he kind of despised wealth advisors. Like, why, would I, why would I pay you one percent to manage my money when I can just do it for myself? You know, and he he earned phenomenal returns over the years. Um, he was then, probably
1: abnormal, I have to say. I mean, because not many people um, can do that right <laughs> on their uh, own.
0: Well, here's well, so here's the end of the story. He he's earned he earned phenomenal returns over the years, and then two thousand and eight happened. Oh right. Um, and he didn't he didn't provision for that. He didn't have you know at that time my, my grandfather and my uh, my grandma were living off of their, their portfolio. My my grandfather was a, an orthodontist and you know he had done done well for himself and and had done again he did a great job uh, just managing a small stock portfolio. But uh, then two thousand and eight happened and there were just a few a few things that he didn't really know. And, and 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 on top of that, it wasn't even that as much as it was it was the emotion of it it was extremely hard for for him and uh, you know there were some bad decisions made and uh, it really really significantly hurt his portfolio to the, to the point where it's, it, it was a long term impact uh, for sure on on their wealth and that's what we seek to avoid
1: you want to do things to help weather the storm so that you're not stuck in in a position like that like your grandpa yeah
0: Right, We know that we can't predict the future and, and we know what we don't know. And so really just adhering to you know a long- term disciplined uh, investment strategy is really the best thing that we can do and in, in ensuring that clients have income in those tough times that we know will hit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're not surprised with with this market downturn. Are we surprised yeah. by, by the pandemic? Of course. You know, it's always a surprise what caused it, but it's not a surprise that we have these recessions and market downturns. That's consistent throughout history. So, you know, that's that's really something that, that we provide is just someone who's, who's unemotional. I truly, I didn't build that wealth and it, it means a, a tremendous amount to me that, that clients trust us with what they have, but I'm not emotional. I'm not emotional about their, their accounts. I, I've studied what You're the works.
1: expert. You're not the emotional, you know, baggage that comes with managing your own money you can set that aside and then just focus on the facts and focus on the results right
0: (laughs) to be to be quite candid i mean i don't manage my account the way that i manage clients accounts if i'm fortunate enough to to build wealth over the years um i truly will find a, a great advisor to to manage that for me Hey, alive. even,
1: even coaches have coaches, right? That's what they say. <laughs> yeah. Even, yeah. even if you, even the, the best of the best, right? Michael Jordan had coaches too, you know, <laughs> right. Right. it's so, true.
0: And it's not that I'm, I'm most certainly not the Michael Jordan of managing money, but I appreciate that again. <laughs> um, but no, I, I mean, it's, it's really the emotional aspect. I'll, I'll keep a little, a little side account to play with for fun, but I'll let someone who's unemotional and who's doing this every day, um, manage my money when i when i retire um, and it's just it's consistently been studied and it, it's it's a consistent outcome that the folks that manage their own money earn roughly half the return of someone who has a who has an advisor manage their money and pays them, you know, an average fee of of roughly 1%.
1: If there are people out there listening that uh, haven't gone down this path before of finding a a wealth management company, what what should they do? They should
0: be looking for, and and I say this to to everyone, I mean, regardless of whether they want to work with us or not, I, I think that it's extremely important that the firm first and foremost is independent. And so what that means is not to, not to take shots at any competitors. You know, I don't want to disparage any other companies out there, but some of the bigger firms, those, those firms are not independent. Those firms are conglomerates that have many different lines of business related to finance. What Lefebvre does, we just provide financial advice. We don't have our own funds. We don't have any arrangements with any third-party funds where we receive any kind of revenue from them or, or anything like that. You know, the investment advisor is, is, is truly um, independent of all of that. You don't have banking products. We're not going to offer you, you know, a mortgage on your own. And that's
1: where you can be un, in your role, unbiased, in that scenario, for sure. <laughs>
0: exactly. And so yeah. at some of the bigger companies, you know, you don't, you don't have that. You'll have an advisor, and they're typically a lot of pressure in different ways it could be their pay it's almost always partly their pay and then and then also just pressure from the top down even if it's not their pay even if uh, you know they don't earn a, a cent on on the money they manage they're just paid a salary well if they want to be promoted they they're going to be pressured to use certain funds they're going to be pressured to maybe use insurance products that the company also offers or banking products that's going to be your star advisor that's promoted and then there's there's companies that just they're only going to use their own funds. You might not go to a a bigger company that also is known for index investing or ETFs and low cost mutual funds, et cetera. If you go to that that company, they might offer some great funds, but that's going to be 100% of their portfolio versus Mm -hmm. at Favey where we're going to say, well, if this company here has the best mutual fund, we're going to use that in that area. And that might be the only fund that that company has, and they, they've got all every fund that you could imagine across every different type of asset class, but we only just want this one for large cap, you know, US large companies. Mm-hmm. That's, that fund outperforms all the other funds in its category. Uh, it works well with our portfolio, but that's the only fund from, you know, company A that we use. If company B has five funds that, you know, fit different categories, we'll use those. So we're completely independent of the fund companies, of you know the investments we select, and then also, you know, if we, in the rare, rare, rare uh, instance that we actually recommend some kind of insurance, we don't. We're not paid a commission on that. We're not affiliated with that company. It's truly in that client's best interest, and so being independent is is huge. I also think that being fee-only is important. Mm-hmm. There's definitely ways to do commissionable products and, and have a different structure and, and do that in a way where you really are, are still independent and, and, and unbiased, but it's few and far between. A lot of the companies, especially some of the bigger companies, you know, that do use commissionable products, that can just be problematic for, for the client, for, for the investor. You do you see
1: wander. others changing more and more, going to a flat fee based as opposed to commission? Is that happening more in your industry now?
0: Yes, I I think it it definitely is. There's, there's still uh, quite a few companies that are not truly fee-only. And in that same sense too, the problem with the word fee-only is that it's not defined. Mm. And so it can mean many different things and advisors can hold themselves out as as fee-only, but also have a third party broker that they interact with and their reps can sell products and and earn commissions on those. And they say, well, we're we're fee-only and it's the advisor is fee only, the investment advisor is, is the entity, is the company. Mm-hmm. That that entity is fee only technically, but you have this third party over here that's that when you sell their life insurance, they're mm-hmm. paying the rep a commission. Yeah. And, and so they can technically still call themselves fee only, but they're not truly
1: it's tray tricky. Tray. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: we're also, you know, fee only in the sense that our clients don't pay any custodial fees. So you know, in our industry we have a we have a custodian essentially a bank that holds the assets in the client's name and will facilitate trading statements tax reporting a lot of back office needs
1: administrative kind of things right. yeah
0: the majority of, of advisors just pass that fee along to the client what we've done recently is is we actually we cover 100 percent of that fee the only fee that that the client could realize is a wire fee 20 dollar wire fee and in almost every instance, we're, we're going to cover that for the client anyway. So it simplifies things for the client. You know, they get their mm-hmm. consolidated quarterly statement from us listing their fee. And that's yeah. really their all-in cost to Lefebvre. Of course, the mutual funds have have small fees, expense expenses, and that's just something that you can't avoid. Right. But, um, but to lafavi and to really in their in their mind to really do business with us, it's all just consolidated in that one fee. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Okay, two more questions for you. Ready? Okay. Ready. Number one: If people wanted to work with you, what would they do? How would they get to you?
0: You know, we we actually, because Bruce was on the radio and it was naturally syndicated, we have clients in many different states. Uh, we've got clients, you know, on the East Coast in Florida, um, New Hampshire, California, really just coast to coast. So. Um, I would say the vast majority of our clients are here in Salt Lake, but we have many long-term clients that we've just met with virtually over the years. And there's nothing we can't accomplish virtually that we could accomplish in person. I
1: mean, he could do that virtually before virtual was a, a like a popular term because of, you exactly. know, pandemic, but that's pretty, I mean, over the phone call, right? I'm sure. Right. So, so,
0: or, or, you yeah. know, we used to go to meeting in that. And so, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we, we can work with anyone, anywhere, um, and the best way to really get in touch with us is to give us a call or you know shoot us an email. You can go to lafaby.com and, and all of our contact information is, is right there. Or if, if someone would like they can they can absolutely email me directly.
1: And spell out Lafabi for those listening right now.
0: Of course. It's L E F A V I. Lafaby. Very good.
1: Okay, last question. You ready? I'm ready. What have you accomplished that you're most proud of that you want people to know more about?
0: Oh, wow. What is something that I've accomplished um, that I'm most proud of? I'm extremely proud of, of where I come from. I'm, I'm, I'm really proud to be a Penn Stater. I'm so passionate about that school. It's, it, was, it was an amazing opportunity for me. I, I learned so much from some of the best mentors and professors really, in my opinion, again, biased. <laughs> but, in my opinion, some of the best professors out there. so i'm I'm super passionate and and proud of that. This is gonna sound corny, but i'm really I'm proud of what we do. I'm proud of Lefebvre. I'm proud of the whole team here we've We've got an amazing team of people who really just are all so passionate about what we're doing and what we're trying to achieve and And I think that's rare. I think that you know that having that kind of a culture here is rare. and so I just keep getting lucky and I've just I've gotten so lucky with this team of folks who just who really want to each and every day improve what we're doing. They all work extremely hard and they're all really behind that that vision of let's just get better each and every day. Let's just improve the operation a little bit each and every day and continue to do that forever. Because, you know, in business if you're not moving forward then if you're in neutral, you're moving backward. So we we know that this is a competitive space, and we're, we're passionate about what we do and the service we provide to our clients. And I, I'd have to say I'm most proud of the team here and, and what we're doing.
1: And you need people to know about that. That's awesome. Good job. <laughs> I'm <laughs> proud of you too. All the things that you've accomplished within the short time frame, uh, we've known. You know, uh, after the few years that we've been working together, and I think uh, it's it's fun to interview you and do videos with you and you know share your team and the website bios and all the things that we we work on together right and and it definitely shows and it's very apparent that the team and the culture that you've built is is strong and can weather this storm that we're going through now and and into the future and and so i think that there's lots of good opportunities yet to come that we're still getting to work on with you and and see that you know in 5 10 15 years from now right it's going to become even more. And then maybe you'll have your own podcast as opposed to the radio show, right?
0: (laughs) You never know. You know, I'll say that likewise, it's been really great working with with you all and, and getting to know you guys. And definitely you're, you're obviously in a business of trust and, and in a, in a relationship-based business. And so talking about getting on a podcast, you know, I think you're the only person that I'd really say, okay, yeah, let's, let's do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You guys are
0: are great to work with uh, truly. And uh, you're, you're really easy to, to talk to. So you know, you did the video interview with us here, and, and we're doing an interview now, and uh, I think you guys are, are great to work with, so.
1: Well, thank you for that, for sure. That's awesome. See, we get our own testimonials. See, testimonials are great. <laughs> Thanks, too. <laughs> I really <laughs> appreciate that. All right, well, let's uh, wrap up. Any other final thoughts or anything else that you uh, would like to share with our listeners that I hadn't already poked and prodded at you? <laughs> uh,
0: no, I, nothing I can Nothing I can think of. This has been fun awesome.
1: For sure. All right. Well, thank you for joining me and sharing a bit of your story and your marketing journey. And to our listeners, thanks for listening. And until next time, enjoy the journey.
0: Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition podcast. Find more online at Peppershock.com.